Hello mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting all about common breathing issues in young children and the current SIDS guidelines. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for you, it's pregnancy with Hello mamas and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today we're kicking off episode three in the baby first aid series, diving into common breathing problems in young children and the current SIDS guidelines. This is episode three of a four part baby first aid series with the amazing midwife, nurse and first aid educator Edwina Sharrock. In case you missed it, we have already released the first two episodes in this baby first aid series where we covered choking prevention and choking management. So it's a must listen for all parents. So make sure you go and check those episodes out first. A side note for this episode that you might hear me mention is that I've never had to take my children to hospital. Well, I went and jinxed myself, didn't I? So since I recorded this episode with Edwina, my son Mussy did come down with croup and we needed to call the ambulance and have a quick hospital visit. Now fortunately everything was fine, but the look, listen and feel approach to breathing that Edwina discusses in today's episode really helped me assess the situation prior to calling the ambulance. So I just want to mention that because I hope you find it as helpful as I did and fingers crossed you don't actually need to put it into practice like I did. (laughs) Now there is so much amazing content coming up in this baby first aid series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast on your favorite podcast player. We also have a bonus fifth episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Edwina gives us the absolute down low on the bare basics that you'll need in your first aid kit. So none of the fancy, smancy, just the practical and easy solutions to be able to manage all first aid situations easily at home. And remember this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with our exclusive member only bonus podcast content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire podcast series today, rather than waiting for future episodes to come out, then check out the Pregnancy Posse. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all of your burning questions from my amazing Posse members. And there's also a lovely community forum where Posse members all support each other along with an extensive resources library, which covers everything you need so that you don't have to go Googling. (laughs) Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode three of our four-part baby first aid series. You are going to love today's chat with Edwina as we dive into the current SIDS guidelines and common breathing issues in young children. Enjoy. Another really popular question that I get asked a lot about is SIDS and SIDS management Uh, and monitoring your baby um, while they're sleeping. So Mm -hmm. what I wanted to delve into here is the, the 101 on SIDS. What is it? What are the basic guidelines? And when it comes to things like there's a lot on the market these days, like the angel care mats and the outlet Mm -hmm. um, socks and things like that. And a lot of my posse members want to know, do I need to buy these or are they completely unnecessary? What's your take on that? So let's go back SIDS 101 and then we'll delve into the devices. All right. 
I was going to say, we'll go into SIDS 101 because that's fact and that's evidence-based and that's not just my opinion because then I need to be really conscious of saying then what you're asking me to answer is a bit opinion-based and I always like to separate those two. Um, SIDS management, super-duper important mm -hmm. and really it's absolutely the basics in terms of SIDS management is is about good sleep hygiene and what I mean by that is what's the setup in the nursery or is the baby co-sleeping in your room and when I say co-sleeping I mean independently so the recommendations are that the baby sleeps in their independent sleep space so you know interpret that how you want to and think about what that's going to look like for you personally. So when I say an independent sleep space, it's either a bassinet or a cot in the room with you. Um, there are some SIDS approved little sort of like sleep cocoons that can go in the bed with you, but please make sure that you are looking at a SIDS approved and an Australian standards approved, like they're the things to be looking at when you're going shopping and buying for these products. And Remember, everything that I'm saying is what is the health recommendation. I also say to all parents that you need to take all of this with a bit of a grain of salt, be educated and then make your own decisions because I think it's really hard as parents. We're like, oh, we know what we're told and we're meant to do by the book, um, but possibly you don't sleep well with the baby and you've decided to put the baby in the nursery, which might just be next door to you. You know, it is about making your empowered decisions. But the recommendations are for six months for the baby to sleep in the same room as you mm -hmm. um, or in their independent sleep space in the same room as you. Flat on their back, so always flat on their back and not on their side or not, you know, um, oh, my baby settles better on their side. The reason being that your baby needs to lie flat on their back because if you put them on their side, you're, encour like you're encouraging or increasing the chances of them rolling onto their stomach. They do not yet have the tone as a newborn to be able to lift their head and that is when they can suffocate putting their head into the mattress. Mm -hmm. So flat on their back, ensuring that they're swaddled or wrapped so that the, the garment or the wrap is not going to come up and over their head. So I say to tuck them in nice and firmly and make sure that their feet are at the bottom of the crib or the so that they're not able to sort of wiggle. Like you would be surprised how much babies wriggle during their sleep, even as teeny tiny newborns. So flat on their back, feet at the bottom of the cot or the crib. And if you've got a cot and you put a newborn in there, the instinct is to go and sort of put them in the middle. Yeah, exactly. You're like, that's ridiculous. They're like all the way down one end. Um, I'll actually take some images. I've got, I think I've got some images that I can share with you on that because it does look a little bit comical, but that's the way that it needs to be. And nothing in the cot. So no bumpers, no pillows, no cot, you know, beautiful little cute things that are all seem to still be sold at all the baby shops, which just drives me mental when I go in. I'm like, that's such an unsafe sleep space. Why are we still promoting that in Australia and allowing it? They um, can be so there for your Instagram nursery photo yes, and then they can be taken out. I know, and what a waste of money. So just don't, you know, like don't, don't put yourself under that financial pressure when you don't need to. So it is just a plain, no, nothing um, some people do ask me about the air wrap. 
So there is an air wrap. And again, if it's SIDS approved or if the product is um, Australia, meets Australian standards and it's SIDS approved, yes, you can use it. But none of the fancy things with like elephants with buttons for eyes because they've obviously... The things are, if possible, please make sure that the child is sleeping in a non-smoking environment. So if anyone smokes in the family, please encourage them to smoke outside and definitely not where the baby's going to be sleeping. Mm. That's super mm. important. Um, then we get into the whole apnea pads, monitors. Yes. Um, and again, this is only my personal opinion. So I was a NICU nurse before I was a midwife. So that's a neonate intensive care unit. And we sometimes would send babies home on apnea monitors. That is valid because that baby is premature and actually still not, you know, really meant to be out in the earth side. They're still meant to be in utero. Mm -hmm. So if it's on a recommendation of a paediatrician or a care provider that you go home on an apnea monitor, yes, by all means. Like that's, I'm not saying that that's incorrect in any way and you need to know what's unique to your situation. But in terms of those commercial products, what I find is it just makes parents more anxious. You know, it alarms unnecessarily. And so you jump up and you run in. Baby's absolutely fine and sound asleep. Mm, You turn it off and you never turn it back on again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's also about then also your maternal and paternal instinct of, oh, that's a bit of a different sound. And Mm -hmm. you will be surprised, and particularly for your posse girls, that are pregnant now and they're like, oh, I'm a really heavy sleeper or I'm worried I'm going to sleep through. It is this unique instinct that you'll be aware of what, you know, your baby is doing. Even though you're sleeping, Mm. it's not that deep same sleep that you were getting prior to having a baby because you've always got one ear out, don't you think? Because I think I've read some studies. We are biologically wired to respond to our baby. And I assume that's why the SIDS recommendation is to be with your baby for the first six months. But it blows my mind because I was the same. I thought, but what if you're a deep sleeper? And you've actually got brain changes that happen that make sure if something's going off with your baby, you will wake up, which blows my mind. Absolutely. It does. Like it's a rewiring, like I've read stuff as well. Like it's basically a rewiring of neural pathways that you are in, like it's so incredible that you're in tune with that baby mm-hmm. to respond. And it's also like, I think, and I always say to mums, do you know what I mean? Like when their baby's crying and the parents, are, like friends will be like, just leave them. They're fine. Like you are wired yes. to respond. It makes yes. you feel sick in a stomach oh. to hear your children cry. Like so I still, much. you know, <laughs> six and eight, it pains me yes. to hear my children cry. Mm-hmm. But that's part of biology. Like that's why we're designed to protect and to look after them. Like if you go back to the, you know, many, many moons ago, Absolutely. that's the way we were built. Mm. Yes, and I'm, I think that is also why we legitimately legitimately do have mum brain because the, and I could nerd out on this all day. I'll just quickly tell you the gray matter. So like the actual thinking, rational processing part of our brain shrinks so that the emotional reactive center of our brain can expand so that we can bond with our baby and respond to our baby. So if you're sitting here thinking, Oh my God, I forgot 
how yeah. to say, I forgot where the knee was as a physio. I forgot what it was called when, <laughs> yes, I'm not joking. I said, oh, this, what's this thing again? The knee, that's right, Laura, yeah. the knee. And it's because the other part of our brain has expanded so much. Something has to shrink. Our brain can't yeah. expand forever because we are wired to respond to our baby. So I think yeah. it's so but how fascinating. Cool is that? Amazing. You know, like it's kind of like I think we also need to celebrate the fact that we're so clever our bodies are so clever. Yes. Our brains are so clever. And, and just quickly on that, another mum the other day was texting me on Instagram and she's doing our online course and she just said, you know, oh, I just feel like um, the only thing that I'm achieving, you know, at the end of the day I sit down and I watch your course and I'm loving it, but I just don't feel like I'm getting anything during the day. So we were talking about her business mm. and I said sometimes it's about, again, reframing that. Today I continued to build a human. Uh huh. I grew another organ. (laughs) Yeah, I grew exactly. I sustained human life. Uh, Like, yes, you might not have met your five pm deadline. Yes, but we need to go easy on ourselves Uh, a little bit to go. Actually, yeah, you know. Oh, that's right. Growing a baby. Oh, I feel like that could be a whole podcast segment in totally, itself. Totally, totally. <laughs> Reframing motherhood and yes. achievement and what actually yes. matters and, and is important. <laughs> and we both talk about that, don't we, in terms of reframing, you know, what is pain in labour? Yes. Well, let's, you know, maybe pain has a lot of negative connotations to it. What's a different word we can use and, yes. um, about wanting the contraction? the contractions they're all just it all ties in so beautifully all stories yes (laughs) so that was a really good summary i think of sids and essentially if you want to get those monitoring devices sure but they're not necessary Mm. and just be mindful maybe of your mental state so if you are someone who knows you will be more highly anxious then that may not be uh, the best option for you and plenty of women I've never used them in my life and I've never felt the need to use them either I think it's just a it's a really good marketing platform that makes you feel like you're missing out or that you're not Mm. doing something right if you don't have them so that's really good sound advice so thank you for clearing that up for the women who are not sure whether to go spend all their money yes now, exactly. breathing issues. Now, I know there are. we've touched on this briefly with choking because that is one yeah. reason why breathing might become an issue. But I know there are lots of other reasons why newborns or babies or toddlers may stop breathing or have troubles with mm-hmm. breathing. So could you talk us through the common breathing issues that mums may experience and what they can look out for and when to seek help? Yeah, and usually that will be when they're a little bit older. Um, so again... What probably falls under that SIDS banner is that, you know, sudden sudden infant death syndrome. Um, and, of course, it's a huge fear for so many parents. But a lot of parents do talk about that they just heard that something was a bit different. You know, like they heard a gurgle, heard a, a different sound in their sleep and intervene. And often it's that intervention that had that not happened or were you not able to hear it, that something there could have been another really disastrous result. So unfortunately, there's not any way to say, oh, you know, this will happen at mm. two months or like that's that is the tragedy of SIDS. We don't know why it happens. Um, a lot are sleep associated and we have decreased SIDS by 80% since we did that big public campaign, yeah. which is amazing. Um, you know, like it's a, it's one of the most successful public health campaigns 
after the AIDS. You know, if you remember, I don't Amazing. know if that's showing how old I am, but the Grim <laughs> Reaper campaign um, around, you know, safe sex, that was probably one of the most successful public health campaigns. And SIDS management comes up really closely behind that, which is great. And it's about mm. safe sleeping and a safe sleep place, not smoking mm-hmm. in that space, all of those sort of things. But unfortunately, there are still those statistics. And I think it's good for parents. Like, I don't know if it's in any way helpful, but there's not, like, I can't tell you how to prevent that. Mm. However, um, when a child becomes distressed with breathing, one of the first and one of the earliest um, signs is also to look at their respiratory rate. So getting to know what, what, you know, how many like, and I'm not saying to sit and count your baby's breaths all the time, but babies do have a higher breath rate than to you or I. Um, and again, that's something that you'll notice when they're born. They're sort of like, you know, it's almost like they have a little bit of a pant that settles down with time and they decrease with their breathing rate. But if your child is unwell, you know, like, so they're running around as a toddler, it's 38 degrees you know, and they look like they're having a bit of difficulty breathing. That's to be expected. So remember, it is always with a bit of common sense as well. And this is just general advice. But if your child is unwell, the way for you to assess are they having difficulty breathing is to look, listen, you know, have a listen to the breath. Does it sound Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of effort and to feel? And Mm -hmm. what I say, particularly with babies, and you know, often they're dressed in onesies and things, is to strip them off you know, open up their onesie, lift up their singlet, and what you will see, and we call it intercostal recession, you know, you'd be seeing that when you're getting them to do their breathing exercises as a physio. But what is it? It's the skin around the ribs. You'll see it almost pulls in a little bit and something called a tracheal tug. So here you'll see a little bit of skin that will get pulled in. They are signs that your baby or child, so the same thing will happen in a child, is having difficulty breathing. They are also quite late signs. And I always say, please make sure that you are either calling triple O, getting your child to a GP quickly or to Mm -hmm. an emergency department. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably one thing that we see a lot is that parents will say, oh, they're having a bit of difficulty, you know, like maybe panting or that, they weren't able to see that recession, but they weren't looking or not able to see the tracheal tug, but just being aware of that because babies very, and particularly young toddlers, very quickly will manage like that for a little while mm. and then this, their ability to keep compensating, and I know mm. that's just kind of words that we use in the medical world, but that just ends and then they stop breathing. Yes. <laughs> so, again, really important that you know what to do then in terms of supporting their breathing and knowing what to do in terms of CPR. So bring the baby into a nice quiet space, undo their onesie, be comforting them, having a look and assessing that is probably the most important things around breathing. But this is associated with an unwell child. I just want to, again, create you feeling really paranoid. Your child's running around outside or playing a game of soccer and they've got a tracheal tug you don't need to be running to the emergency department. This so is that, that was my child. next question, actually. So you can have um, the intercostal recession and a tracheal yep. tug in a well child. Yeah, probably not so much the tracheal tug, but you will see it more in children than what you would in an adult. Okay, okay. Like you, but it's when so, it's associated yeah. with 
being unwell, yeah, that's when we worry. Okay. And rashes are very similar to that. Like we see mm. well children coming to the emergency department because mum's worried about a rash. Mm. And, you know, sometimes we're probably a bit dismissive because they're like, that child's fine. They're fine. Rashes yes. with an unwell child that's when we're concerned. Yes. And I, God, I think my, my children, touch wood, have never been to hospital. Touch wood. Oh, I'm going to get a call from daycare saying they've broken an arm today. <laughs> I've jinxed myself. But they've had 100 million rashes. It just yeah. seems to be this thing that babies and toddlers go through. They just get random rashes totally. all the time. Really, really yes. sensitive skin, post-viral rash. They get any sort of fever, they'll often get a rash. Mm. You introduce new products, they'll get a rash. But if they're well, yes. it's not too concerning. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. I, this is why I love you, Edwina, because you're so sensible with your advice and it's not convoluted. It's just very straight down the line. Here's some really sensible, practical information yeah. so that you don't have to panic. Hey mamas, Laura here. I really hope you love that chat and you feel more confident now in knowing what to look out for when it comes to your baby's breathing and what to know about when it comes to the SIDS guidelines. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, I personally had to call on Edwina's teachings about assessing your child's breathing when my son recently had croup. Unfortunately, I felt so much more confident after this chat with Edwina and I knew exactly what to look, listen and feel for prior to calling the ambulance. I also love Edwina's balanced approach when it comes to SIDS because I think it's important to acknowledge the current guidelines, but also put in a healthy dose of realism and doing what works best for you and your family. So I really liked her take on that. Now, if you'd like to learn more from Edwina, you can find her on Instagram at birthbeat. And I'd love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know your favorite learnings from today's episode, or if you've ever, like myself, had to put these into practice. Now, in the last episode of this Baby First Aid series, we will be talking about poisons and falls in young children. And unfortunately, this is a situation I know most mums around me have had at some stage in their parenting journey. So Edwina and I will also share our personal experience with these situations. So do not worry, mamas, you are not alone if you've been in this situation before. Now, if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss our upcoming episodes in this wonderful series. And if you want to jump in and watch the bonus content for this series, just head over to my online program, The Pregnancy Posse. In the bonus member-only episode for this baby first aid series, Edwina talks us through exactly what you'll need to have in your first aid kit at home. So it will only cost around $80 and Edwina covers the most practical items, none of the fluffy, fancy things. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing any of your pesky pregnancy aches and pains, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. And I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thatpregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, I will catch you soon for episode four in this four-part baby first aid series where we'll be covering poisons information and falls in young children. Until then, Mama, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.